Welcome to another edition of the Sports Rotation. As always, I'm your host, Jay Butler. I'd like to thank you for being in the rotation with me. And remember, you can listen to me on Google Play. You can go to TuneIn Radio to listen to me. You can even go to my website, thesportsrotation.squarespace.com. Again, that's thesportsrotation.squarespace.com. And as the music says, don't mess with my money. That seems to be the theme of the day. Don't mess with other people's money. We have the NCAA coming down, arresting 10 people related to money. Jerry Jones not kneeling, or Jerry Jones actually kneeling before the national anthem. He's not messing with the money, and we'll get into that. Dwayne Wade giving back $8 million, but Chicago essentially paying uh, Dwayne Wade $39 million for one year. Still not trying to mess with the money. Common theme of today's show. Don't mess with the money. Or don't mess with my money. You know, this really takes me back to 2013. And this story actually touched me because I'm an educator myself. And there was that big scandal. I'm not sure if a lot of people remember that big scandal that was taking place in Atlanta with inflated test scores between um, educators, uh, between administrators, and in the different school systems in Atlanta. And a lot of people were wondering why they were coming down on them so hard. Why were they trying to charge them with racketeering? Well, federal funded dollars. Again, federal funded dollars. You can't mess with the government's money. They want their money. It didn't have anything to do with um, them being black. It didn't have anything to do with them actually caring about these uh, children from inner city schools. It didn't have anything to do with them, um, uh, the children, not being able to read, not being able to advance uh, throughout the system, just not giving them a, an overall uh, sense of purpose. It didn't have any, any, any grandiose uh, theme behind it. We definitely weren't, they definitely weren't attacking these teachers because of uh, wanting to make sure that these children were receiving their education. No. This had to do with money. Teachers receiving bonuses based off of federal money. Administrators receiving bonuses based off of federal money. Low-income schools that, because of test scores didn't look like they needed federally funded money now getting looked at. You're messing with the government's money. And that takes me down to uh, what was going on with the NCAA. Crack, uh, not the NCAA, what? Going down with the NCAA, but the FBI essentially uh, cracking down on this um, fraud and corruption that's taking place in college sports, particularly basketball, yeah, 10 people who were arrested for fraud and corruption, which was a surprise to the NCAA because they had absolutely no clue that the FBI had been investigating this situation 
for a good three years. And I'm not talking about, oh, we're just going to uh, just peek, peek our, our, our head into uh, what's going on in the sports world, college sports world. No. They flipped a guy, flipped a financial advisor. They had an FBI agent go undercover. You had wiretaps. You had wire setups that were um, where um, bugs were placed in, in, in hotel rooms and in meeting spots to get all of this information on people. You had guys wearing wires trying to gather as much information on the fraud and corruption that was going on in college sports and particularly basketball, which, by the way, has been going on for generations. That's just the way the system had been going on. But the FBI looked at the situation and we might think, oh, you know, what is the point of the FBI getting involved in this? Don't they have anything better to do? Well, apparently not. Apparently not. They take taking uh, federal money by any means to be of the utmost of importance. And you could tell by the strength by which they went at these, um, these 10 people that they arrested. And we have a little bit further information. And we have June Kim, a U.S. Southern District Attorney of New York. Here were his words on what was going on with this particular investigation. that this was widely known. I thought that this was just the system under which the uh, college basketball coaches, advisors, uh, administrators, I thought this was just the world that they lived in. That was the status quo. But these guys weren't smart enough. They never thought for a second that the feds would actually be watching them, they were actually just concerned about the NCAA. Not the feds. Not actually doing prison time. Well, I guess when you're getting thousands of dollars, uh, that money starts talking to you, and um, you kind of lose your better judgment. But you had guys who actually sent out text messages with the, um, the different... Ways that money was being funneled to these guys, just laid it out for them, in in just black and just black and white. Feds just have all of this information that they've gathered together. And while the feds didn't come out and name particular schools, we can all guess as to which schools that they were talking about. They were talking about a research school in Kentucky. Who was that? Louisville. There's only one of them. 
Only one research school there with a certain population of students. I believe it was 30,000. Only one school like that. They didn't mention any coaches' names who might need to worry. <coughs> Rick Patino. This is the time that we see if Rick Patino is really Teflon Rick. He's not quite up there with John Calipari, who nothing sticks to John Calipari. But there have been a lot of allegations going on at the University of Louisville. Um, and, and they're, they're just, just, uh, getting, getting over a scandal that they've been involved with. Actually, they're not getting over it. They're one year removed away from prostitutes being funneled in to lure recruits to their school. But again, this is under the NCAA's nose. Black eye for the NCAA. Don't look like they know what they're doing. Don't look like they have the resources to actually take on this type, this type of investigation. Which is why they weren't privy to this information to begin with. But Rick Pitino needs to be worried. Because a lot of these guys need to be worried. Because there, there's only 10. But if phones were tapped, conversations were recorded... You don't know what information the feds might have on you. So you got a lot of guys who are going to be looking over their shoulder. And it's not like any of these guys are hardened criminals that are willing to do time. No, these guys are going to flip. The way that the feds were able to get their information in the first place was from someone who was willing to flip. Someone who was trying to avoid jail time. So you can bet these assistant coaches, you can bet these advisors, these administrators, oh, they're going to flip on some people with some bigger names than them. Keywords, don't mess with the money. Which takes me to Jerry Jones. Now, Jerry Jones, love him or hate him, you've got to recognize game. Jerry Jones is the ultimate salesman ultimate salesman. You have all of this controversy that's going on in the NFL right now. You have people protesting. You have people protesting about um, the rights of individuals. You have people who claim that they're not protesting the um, national anthem, not protesting the flag, but that seems to be turning a lot of people uh, the wrong way against the NFL. You have President Trump coming out and saying that the ratings are down. And what does the owner of America's team do? Comes up with a compromise. Let's get this deal done. You know, I would love to see Jerry Jones on a football field as a quarterback. Because Jerry Jones knows how to survey the field. He knows how to look at a situation and size it up for what it is. You're talking about the most powerful man in the NFL. Way more powerful than the commissioner, as you will see as this whole entire Ezekiel Elliott case drags on in the court system. You will see just how powerful and how influential Jerry Jones is. But Jerry Jones comes up with a compromise. Everybody's wondering, what is America's team going to do? So what does he do? You take a knee before the national anthem, 
And then once the national anthem comes on, everybody's locking arms. Doing it with that smile that Jerry Jones, only Jerry Jones can can emit. Gotta give it to him. Because there's no way, I mean, despite what people think, Jerry Jones is the great salesman. And he, you might think that he makes some poor choices as, as an owner. You might, might think that he set the team back uh, many years by getting rid of uh, Jimmy Johnson. But one thing that he's been able to do is make the Cowboys into the most profitable sports brand in all of sports, pretty much. He's selling that America's team. And if you are America's team, there's no way that America's team is not going to be standing for the national anthem. Jerry Jones said it himself. And check out how Jerry Jones phrases um, the the, um, whole entire uh, protesting stance going forward with the Dallas Cowboys. Just check it out. Unity. Well, well, we'll touch on that in a second, but you got to realize, you got to understand something. Being America's team, being as profitable as they are, is not. it doesn't mean the same if, let's say, the Jacksonville Jaguars decide that they're all just going to take a knee during the national anthem. Nobody thinks about the, the Jaguars in that sense. They don't have a brand to them. Okay? Many people can't even name the starting quarterback of the Jacksonville Jaguars. So, the, the, in, in the whole entire uh, scheme of things, in how uh, NFL teams are viewed, and in, in, as far as their branding goes, Jacksonville Jaguars aren't up there. Even the Arizona, Arizona Cardinals, that have their own situations going on in the world of politics, doesn't quite have the branding that the Dallas Cowboys do. So I understand where Jerry Jones is coming from, <clears throat> excuse me, in a sense, because you got to keep your eye on the ball. You can't let anything affect the money or affect the brand of your organization. But Jerry was clear. This is a one-time thing. One time. Y'all going to be standing. Jerry Jones was pretty much dictating how this whole entire thing was going to go down. And I do feel like with him saying that um, this is about players being unified, this totally takes away the message that Colin Kaepernick was trying to send in the first place when he was kneeling during the national anthem. This doesn't have anything to do with players being unified while playing football. 
But look at how far the message has gotten away from its original purpose. It has nothing to do with people being unified on a football field. Which, by the way, guys aren't unified on the football field. Well, they're unified in the context of, hey, we need to play this game together. We need to try our best to win as a team. But that's not changing anything. That's not changing the moral sense of the uh, community. If you're having problems at home, guess what? After that game, you're going to have problems at home. If you're a racist and you don't like minorities, guess what? You're still going to go home a racist. Just because you were cheering with somebody because your team won, or just because uh, your teammate, um, uh, you're celebrating the accolades of your teammates and his accomplishments on the field, that doesn't mean that you're unified. Y'all might be unified for that particular moment as the sport is going on. And you can, you can see a perfect example was the Dallas Cowboys game against the Cardinals last night. They came out, and when the Cowboys took a knee, they booed. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean anything because people like to hate on the Dallas Cowboys for anything. So hearing boos at, at the Cardinals game, that, that's not really saying a whole lot. But when you think about it, what did you hear once the Dallas Cowboys started actually uh, getting off their butt and, and making a game of it? You, you heard that crowd cheering for America's team. Sounded like the Cowboys were even at a home game. Same people who were booing them when they were um, taking a knee during, before the national anthem. Same people. Unified my butt. But Jerry Jones knows the deal. Don't mess with the money. Protect the brand. Protect the income that's coming in. It's also interesting, this whole entire thing with Dwayne Wade. People not understanding, like people really not, aren't understanding what goes on in the NBA. A lot of people are like, oh, the, the Chicago Bulls, they got hosed. They paid out $39 million for Dwayne Wade just for one year. I call it getting out from underneath a contract where you were going to be paying somebody $52 million. So if you're paying $39 million, that's not necessarily such a bad thing. And he agreed to give $8 million back. So that's not a bad thing what the Chicago Bulls did do. What they were doing, which I kind of understand, and a lot of fans actually should be appreciative of, they were still trying to be relevant while, while rebuilding. Everybody knew that they were rebuilding. Anytime you drag Dwayne Wade's old bones into a situation, Dwayne Wade's been over the hill, past his prime, for the past, what, five, six years? Even when he was playing with um, LeBron the first time, because now he's going to be playing with him again. Reunited and it feels so good. But yeah, when he was playing with them and LeBron was carrying his tired bones across the court, 
everything was fine. Because you had the greatest player in the world that couldn't be stopped. But when the Chicago Bulls brought Dwayne Wade over, they knew what they were getting. They were getting the name. They weren't getting the flash. They were getting that name. Trying to keep them relevant. And that signing by um, by Dwayne Wade with the Cavaliers now, that's not going to work out. We'll get into that in, a, in another time. But that, that whole entire experiment is not going to work out. You have D. Rose. You have uh, J.R. Smith. Dwayne Wade. None of these guys know how to play any a lick of defense. I don't see how that helps them going up against Golden State. But that's that's another story for a different podcast. But if you're looking at the Bulls situation, they are protecting the money. As long as they're just a little bit relevant, you're going to have loyal Bulls fans coming to their games. You're going to have people who are continuing to sign on for season tickets. Don't mess with the money. You paid Dwayne Wade past his prime. You don't think the other free agents look at that. Might decide, hey, I might want to sign there. Don't mess with the money. I want to get out this whole entire don't mess with the money. I want to go back to my Dallas Cowboys. And yes, they are my Dallas Cowboys. And we're not talking about uh, protesting. We're not talking about national anthems or flag salutes. We're just talking about the game. How impressive was that win? Was it impressive? I think it was. I think it was because it answers a lot of questions. I mean, you can see that the Dallas Cowboys offense has yet to really take off. And their offensive line, when they lost uh, um, Leary, and I'm forgetting the right tackle that they forgot. You forgive me. The right tackle's name is Doug Free. I knew it would come to me. I knew it would get there. Out of the mind, past the lips. But that offensive line has yet to really gel. And you can see how Ezekiel Elliott is finding it a little bit hard to find seams to run through uh, the defense like he did last year. And you can see even Tyrone Smith, the best tackle in all of football, has some uh, difficulties uh, keeping Chandler Jones away from Dak Prescott. But one but one, you got to consider, they've been playing teams with good defenses on the road, and they've been winning. For the most part. Well, I can't say that they, obviously they went up to Denver and got their butts handed to them. But playing Arizona in Arizona is a difficult task, and they have a bunch of games coming up where they're going to be on the road. But one thing I like, I like the makeup of the Dallas Cowboys team because they have all of the ingredients in order to be successful to get to a Super Bowl. Yes, I said it. Get to a Super Bowl. They can still run the ball. They've got an opportunistic defense. Dak doesn't really get rattled. And they don't shy away from the run game. All of that translates over, and also clock management. That transfers over to winning, to being able to grind out a win. 
you got Green Bay coming up. You got Washington coming up. You got the Raiders coming up. Not exactly world beaters on the defensive side. But this Dallas team, even coming off of that butt whipping in Denver, has been pretty impressive when you look at the defense that they've defenses that they've gone against. And even though people are gonna say, oh, well, how good can they be? Look at how they played against Von Miller and that that's and uh, and Talib. Talib just had a handle on Des Bryant all game long. He couldn't out physical uh, Talib like he normally does, and it, it looks like Des has lost a little bit of his separation. But I like the fact that Dak Prescott again doesn't get rattled playing on the road, even up until the third quarter. That Denver game was still competitive. It just got away from them at the end, and they didn't bring it in the second half. But I like the makeup of this team. I like the ingredients that they have. That I think they have enough to translate into getting to a Super Bowl. Call me crazy. Call me a wishful thinking fan. But I think they have what it takes to get there. So much for this sophomore slump that Dak Prescott was supposed to have. I don't see it coming yet. I see a poised quarterback. They've been throwing the ball more. Even though I don't believe that this team necessarily is going to operate at its best with that Prescott throwing the ball. And that showed last night. You realize Zeke had more carries than Dak had passing attempts. That's kind of unheard of in today's NFL. Where... Most offenses are trying to sling it up and down the field. Call me crazy, but I think they have what it takes to get there. Well, that's all I have for today. I'd like to thank you again for being in the rotation with me. Again, remember, you can check me out on Google Play. You can check me out on TuneIn Radio. Or you can go to the thesportsrotation.squarespace.com. Again, that's the thesportsrotation.squarespace.com. You are in the rotation. I'm out.